Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. This is The Finch Show and I am James Finch. Here we're talking 3D printing, cosplay, and anything nerdy and rad. My guest on this episode of the podcast comes to us all the way from Australia. She is Gems. She goes by Gems Mems on Instagram, TikTok. She does so many fun things and she was just great to talk to. I'm going to get out of the way without further ado. Here's Gems. So um, we're, we're recording this like as San Diego Comic-Con is going on and mm -hmm. neither one of us are there, which like sucks no. to begin with. Right. Um, but out of everything yep. that got announced out of that, which one's got you the most excited? Oh, 100% um, that we've got uh, Matt Murdoch, Daredevil coming back. <laughs> oh, I am so excited. Not only that um, that character is coming back, but the fact that Charlie Cox is going to be um, coming back as that character it has me just so excited. Um, obviously when we saw Vincent in Hawkeye, I was like immediately just ready to go. I was like, okay, where's Daredevil? Bring him out, bring him out. Um, but yeah, no, I, as soon as I saw that, I was just over the moon. Everything else is kind of like, wow, that's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Like Loki season two, also a fantastic one coming out. Um, but when I saw that, I was just absolutely over the moon. I think that's my favorite Marvel show. So, um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um, I'm right there with you. I think that yeah. uh, we got teased so much in No Way Home with the cameo yes. that ever yes. since then I'm like, he can't not be coming back. Like you can't yeah. put him in that scene and then be and then be like, oh yeah, but we're not going to do anything with the character. Like you 100. <laughs> yeah. And those those Netflix um, Marvel shows, you know, Daredevil, Iron Fist, you know, mm. yeah, to some degree or another, good or not, but Daredevil like top to bottom yeah. was just absolutely fantastic yeah yeah fantastic like just um I also just love the fight choreography in it as well I think it's unmatched to any other show I've seen especially um in the Marvel universe I think it's just phenomenal like the way that they can uh plan these fight scenes and have it kind of where obviously his stunt double or you know fight double is you know in the scene doing the action and then it swaps to him is just phenomenal I I think I'm using the word phenomenal way too much. But <laughs> I mean, what other word can you use to describe that show? It's just, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, that whole hallway fight scene in the first season, oh. like alone, like phenomenal, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it is phenomenal. I think, I think my favorite one, the only one that trumps it was, uh, oh, I can't remember what season it's in, but it's once he's got the suit um, and it's the stairway scene. Mm. Um, where it's kind of like the camera's traveling down the stairway with him. I thought that was just insane. Like it was mm -hmm. just insane camera work as well, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was mm -hmm. one where he had like a, yeah, he had like a chain, like yes. duct tape to yep. his hand and was just like, yeah. I don't want to meet that guy in a dark alley for <laughs> sure. Um, <No. laughs> what did you think of the other Netflix shows? Yeah. So, uh, look, I just don't think any of them, yeah none of them it doesn't there's no match honestly like it's just I, I I don't really think that Iron Fist had anything special uh Jessica Jones was all right I didn't see too much of it because I got a bit bored mm -hmm. uh but yeah look again I think it's just not matched basically <laughs> right well Iron Fist as much as I wanted to like it mm -hmm. it just felt really inconsistent like when mm -hmm. they first introduced the character, he's like happy-go-lucky, zen, everything is fine. Everything mm -hmm. is great. And then he spends like the rest of the season mad that his parents died, you know? And, <laughs> and by the time you get to the end of the show, like all the other like major characters in that show had like way worse things happen to them than just their parents dying. And yet we're, yeah. all we are is focused on how angry he is. And that just felt to me yeah. like came off really deaf. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think it was really, um, uh, you could really see it when he was around the other characters as well, where he was just, oh, he just seemed whiny. And it was like, <laughs> I, I, I was ticking off this little bingo list every single episode where as soon as he'd say, I'm the immortal Iron Fist. It's like, no one cares. <laughs> it's like, settle down. Right. You don't see Matt Murdock coming out going, I am Daredevil. Listen to me. You know what I mean? It's right. like, oh. His character was just so obnoxious. I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it, but, um, you know, there's so much, um, 
uh, what's the word? Uh, I I feel like there is um, hope for his character. I think they could build on it if they really wanted to, but I think the hatred for him in the community by this point is just a bit too much that they won't care to. Yeah, that's one of the ones I think Marvel's just kind of let go to the dustbin, like just yeah. let it drop because at this point in time, the character's redeemable, but you'd have to recast it and like introduce yeah. it in a whole new way, which then that makes the Netflix shows no longer canon. You know, mm, it, it, yeah. you end up in that goofy thing. Like I thought Defenders, the show was good, mainly because of Daredevil. I'm um, like, you know, mm. because Matt Murdock is there. And and yeah, some of the interactions amongst the characters was kind of cool the way they did it. Um, yeah, yeah, but by and large, I do. Yeah. Matt Murdock coming back. I'm so beyond thrilled with that. And, so thrilled. Mm-hmm. What? Um, so you said you like Loki out of the Disney Plus shows. Which ones? Mm. Which ones are you oh. thumbs up and which ones are you thumbs down? Yeah, I think I think at the bottom of my list would definitely be um uh oh my god, I'm blanking. Uh Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier. Sorry, I was like there was so many there were so many names in my head just that yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just really has to be at the bottom of my list. I was never excited to watch it every week. With all the other shows, I've been excited when the day comes around where I can watch it. And I think it was just purely because I never really resonated with both those characters in any of the um like the movies prior um and I never really connected with their characters so I think with every other show that we've seen you know uh, it's it's just been uh awesome like I've been really looking forward to every single day when it comes around that I can watch the episode uh I think the one that I was most uh, into was definitely Moon Knight Moon Knight was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everything about it was just so exciting and I was so thrilled to watch it every day, uh, like every every week. And um, just not only the story, but just the, the visuals, like the cinematography was just insane. Um, can you tell I'm a film student? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, look, I think, I think everything needs to come together in that regard, whereas other shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye, and uh, like so they just didn't have special moments where there was that those little moments that really captured the character like you know in Moon Knight when he jumped down off that building and he saw the moon crescent cape it was just so iconic Mm -hmm. and when he jumped across from building to building and he like was like in at one point in the middle where the moon was and it was just like this beautiful shot and I just didn't see that in any of those other shows so I couldn't really go oh wow what a cool shot Mm -hmm. so I think without having those moments it just really it was lackluster for me um but I mean WandaVision as well just knocked it out of the park for me Mm -hmm. the um you know uh Hawkeye I agree like it felt very lackluster the only thing that made that show in any way shape redeemable was towards the end when Yelena came in like mm. you know oh, yeah. she like gave it a whole new spice and pizzazz and i'm kind of like well, can we just have a show with her or like a franchise yeah. of movies because that's that's all i care about at this point um uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, and maybe it's just me i've never been a huge like jeremy renner fan to begin with like i just eh, eh, or hawkeye <laughs> like just the character even like outside of the mc yeah, like yeah okay you're bringing a bow and arrow cool 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 yeah Um, no I agree I agree it's kind of just like but that's how I feel about Black Widow as well I've never been a Black Widow fan um I think she's gorgeous I think she's kick-ass but at the same time I just have never found anything special about her or Jeremy Renner's character either it's just like yeah there's just there's a few Avengers that people absolutely love and I totally respect everyone's um opinion on their favorite Avenger but it's just like there's a few for me that I just kind of go yeah. yeah, not that interesting yeah. but yeah yeah some of them like black widow we sort of like have this thing where we feel like we should care yeah you know like yes. she's an avenger i should probably care about that right yeah. um i didn't think <laughs> yeah. the black widow movie was bad like i didn't hate it by any stretch no. of the imagination but it also didn't knock your socks off it didn't make you go oh mm. my god you know you come away from like end game and like no way home with these like epic moments in your head and yeah yeah, yeah black widow didn't 
really stick that at all I don't think no no and I don't think so but it, like again it's kind of like Thor it's it was enjoyable and mm. it was enough and it was you know it, it is what it is and mm. it, like if that if that serves for one person who's absolutely obsessed with Black Widow and wanted a Black Widow movie then it's done its thing it's it's achieved its goal so um, I think there's room for every movie that we've seen every film that we've seen there's room for it in the universe and it's yeah, it's serving to someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I firmly feel like when it comes to the MCU, I personally anyway, um, I feel like there has not been a bad MCU movie. Just some are better than others. You know, there isn't one that I kind of like. Like, for example, um, <laughs> the, um, what was the, God, what was the second Thor movie? Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, and uh, so am I. Oh, my. <laughs> Oh, Dark World, Thor the Dark World. Um, oh. Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't think it was terrible, but it's not going to be like, oh, God, you guys are watching this? Sweet. You know, it's, it's yeah. just there. You know, it felt safe. You know, it, it told a Thor story without, like, fundamentally changing the character, doing anything risky. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like we've gotten to a point where I feel sometimes, like, for example, like Endgame, No Way Home, we end up with these MCU movies that are so epic and so good that then mm. that becomes, like, the new measuring standard. You know, mm-hmm. like some mm-hmm. people were hating on Thor Love and Thunder because it didn't like blow their socks off. And it's like, well, it was an entertaining movie. Like, yeah, that's it, what it, it, was meant it to wasn't do. meant to blow your socks off. I don't think I think it was meant for comic relief. I think it was just super fun, really funny, but emotional at times as well. And I think it was just a lovely movie. Like it felt nice to watch and nice to be there with like a whole cinema full of people who were laughing along with you. I think mm-hmm. that was just an enjoyable experience. I didn't think it needed to be this wow thing, but I think there is this uh, toxic culture starting where it's, you know, people are expecting big cameos. People are expecting big nostalgia hits so they, they can go, oh, wow, when they walk out and go, oh, my gosh, did you see that? And I think that's why people were really disappointed by the end credit scenes because that's what a lot of Marvel fans go to these movies for. They're like, well, yeah, the movie's what it is and I can read about it, but how about the end credit scenes? Like, who's going to be in the end credit scenes? Who are they going to interact with that's not in the movie? Mm-hmm. And I think... Yeah, people were let down by it. And um, I just think it's a fantastic new character that's going to, you know, knock everyone's socks off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I, I don't think it needs any hate. Um, but, but yeah, and to the point of um, bad Marvel movies, I think I wasn't the biggest fan of Morbius. Um, I... Yeah, let me let me, <laughs> let me rephrase my earlier. There has not been a bad MCU movie, like because yes. technically oh, yes, Morbius is cool. outside the MCU. I like yes, so much yeah, so yeah. that I actually haven't even seen it because I'm just like oh. I don't even I mean, like my um, my eldest son saw it and yes. he kind of felt like it was gonna suck going into it and he went and saw it and he came home and he's like, yeah, it sucked. Like, okay, well, then you can save, you know, maybe like a year from now, I'll watch it on when it's streaming somewhere for free, but I'm not paying any money to see it. Was it truly that bad? So, I mean, it it wasn't even at the point where you could really find it enjoyable. I don't Mm. think I would ever watch it again. Um, And, but having said that, I didn't watch about 30% of it because I have a really bad tolerance for gore and blood. Okay. And of course the movie is literally like twilight like he's constantly drinking these massive vials of like fake blood and it's like it's just so visceral and i really hated it um because i just can't i can't deal with that kind of stuff um so for a lot of it i was just like oh god can you tell me when it's over like when he stopped doing that um so I personally would never watch it again because I hated the experience of feeling that throughout the entire movie. Um, The story itself, I think the story itself is actually fantastic. I just think the way they went about it was just not good. And the fact, the also, also the fact when you're going into the movie, knowing that he was a complete psychopath on the, on the uh, set apparently where he was just like doing all these random things to stay in character and the movie just turned out the way it did um just also makes you go what a dick like you know what I mean yeah. I mean you never know what's going on with him but at the same time it's just like and the script as well it just honestly everything about it was just 
not fun. It was not an enjoyable experience for me personally. If anybody else liked it, that's good for you, but not for me. <laughs> it was not morbid time. No, it was not morbid time. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, at, at some point in time, I wish Sony would just figure out that they're not good at these. You know, they, they, they fouled up two um, Spider-Man franchises, and, you know, and now they're insistent. They're like, oh, no, we're going to go our own way now. Thanks for the help, Marvel. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in them because they've like routinely completely dropped the ball on everything. Um, yeah, which look, I, I hate I hate the hate on The Amazing Spider-Man because those two movies are some of my favorite uh, like the if not my two favorite spider-man movies mm-hmm. i i absolutely adore them i have for years and i think uh when people say oh it was such a bad script it was such a bad this i i just i completely understand where they're coming from i loved those movies mm-hmm. and i think those are a big part of my childhood as well because i am quite <laughs> quite young <laughs> so it was like andy was really my spider-man Mm-hmm. if that makes sense for a lot of people who are a bit younger than me even like one or two years younger than me their spider-man was tom holland so mm-hmm. it's very much like when i see all this this now joy for andrew garfield coming out i'm like thank god because yeah um you know and, and his movies are now everywhere and and scenes from his movies are all over tiktok and i'm just i'm just uh, over the moon about it um, and I saw this interview with him where he's like, where were all of you guys back then? Like, <laughs> you're all loving me now. Where were you? <laughs> we were all in grade. They were all in grade school, man. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. you know, the first amazing Spider-Man I thoroughly enjoyed, like, I thought it was really good. Um, yeah. and I'm like older than I like the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie I came out. I think I was like 20, 20 or 21. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so and then it's like, okay, you know, those were fun, but it they it ran the thing where by the time you got to the third Spider-Man movie, they were just they they in my opinion attempted to cram too much in and mm-hmm. the story felt crowded. Uh, so it's like, okay, that's over. Now we're gonna do amazing Spider-Man. This is a reboot. And I, I remember walking out of the theater after the first one going, that was really good. That was great. Yeah. Like I know absolutely no hate on Toby. Everybody has their opinion, but I kind of came out going. I thought he was a better Peter Parker than um, than Tobey Maguire was, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the second one, I you know, I just feel like while I thought Andrew Garfield's performance was great, and there were other great mm-hmm. acting performances in that movie, I just feel like it ran the same mistake that the third Spider-Man movie did, where they tried to cram too much in, and I felt terrible afterwards because I remember Andrew Garfield talking about it and him saying that when he read the original script for Spider-Man Two, he loved it. The problem is once they got filming, the studio got studios got involved and all these executives were like, you have to cram this in there. You have to cram that in there. And so they were doing reshoots and trying to, but they couldn't go too far over schedule. So they had to try and edit what they already had. And, you know, that's why I think like the last 45 minutes of that movie just feels like a jumbled mess because you you almost feel like that you can feel the director pulling his hair out, like trying to like, you know, get all this in, Um, which is too bad. I feel like the entire history of spider-man and spider-man movie franchises could be different if the studios had just let the director do his thing just let him tell the story he was attempting to tell i mean that's there for a lot of movies though (laughs) (laughs) that that same saying you know it's (laughs) yeah but sometimes it's the other way around as well sometimes directors don't listen and it goes bad Mm -hmm. but um yeah no i i have to agree with that um i just personally i think that um, Emma Stone is the best love interest of any Spider-Man movie yes. I, uh, I've seen. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the, the interesting, uh, just as a side note, cause I got to ask this cause it's, you live in Australia, like when it's like a release date for like an MCU movie here in the States, is it the same in Australia? Like, are you looking forward I to like think... the same release date or are they slightly different? I mean, Honestly, I'm not too sure. Basically, as soon as it's released here, we we all like if it's like if it's an MCU movie, we go and see it like at 12 o'clock when it's released. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I've just never I've never seen any spoilers for it before that. I've never seen something from the States or anywhere else in the world where it spoiled that for me. So I would have to say, surely it wouldn't be more than a few days Mm -hmm. that it's released after. I know some movies can be released quite 
far ahead in the states before it gets here in other like for other movies and other universes and stuff like that but for the mcu i think it's they keep it very tight everywhere Mm -hmm. um like i know for the new cut of spider-man um that's coming out in september we're getting it september 1st and i think they had a whole um they did a post on their instagram about all the dates it was going to be released around the world and it looked like it was going to be within at least like four days of everywhere if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's relatively clean here where we don't get spoilers um before we see the movie which i love because (laughs) i hate hate spoilers i think the only movie that i went crazy for spoilers over was no way home i knew every single spoiler um except for matt murdoch in the entire movie uh-huh. um because i was just too keen i was too excited to see if andy and toby were going to be in it i i knew exactly i knew exactly when they were going to show up i knew what was happening um but again i only saw that two hours before i went into the movie i only found that out so Again, it's very tight-lipped here, um, which is great, great for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've yeah. often, I've often wondered about that, um, and I don't know. Like, I could be completely speaking out of my rear end here, um, but I sort of get the feeling like for English-speaking countries, they tend to release at the same time. Yes. You know, yeah. which you would have to, I think, to avoid spoilers or at least keep it fairly tight, like you said. Uh, but it'll be yeah. always interesting because, like, a movie like you know, Multiverse of Madness will come out, and then I'll see like somewhere posted like a week later that oh the movie opened in france today you know and i'm like and then a week later it opened in china and i'm like okay i'm sure there's something about that i don't understand i don't know why you wouldn't just release it worldwide like no totally i know that for um malaysia um i have one of my viewers um on my live um he lives in malaysia and they said that they weren't getting thor like at all it's like it's just like not showing or oh, I think it's Malaysia it's I, I th- I'm pretty sure it's Malaysia but somewhere they were like it's to be confirmed when the release date's gonna be but it huh. still isn't showing uh, yeah I'm not sure it's but they they were telling they could be speaking now their ass because it's on a live show but <laughs> <laughs> I find that very interesting that they're like I can't watch Thor because it's not here like I can't it can't go and see it anywhere so um that could be because of some of the themes that are in it. I'm not sure, but you know, it's, it's crazy how some places you can't actually experience the things that you want to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. You, I guess you never know with some countries, like where the politics come involved, yeah, you know, especially yeah, exactly. in countries where they don't have as much freedom of expression and, you know, yeah. you may end up with some, I don't know. And again, I, maybe I'm speaking out of my ass, but I could see you getting some like, <laughs> kind of like China or someplace like that where they're like, no, we want time for like our government officials to see the movie you know, make sure you're not sneaking in any yeah. kind of like pro-capitalist like nonsense in there <laughs> yeah. and then it's going to turn our people against us. Right. Yeah. I could see that. Um, that's that. Wow. That's pretty wild. You know, the funny, I was the same. I was like, no way home was frustrating for me because I wasn't able to go see it opening night. Like I was able to go see it the second um, night, but I wasn't what? able to go see it the first night. And I did everything in my power to avoid spoilers. Like, I don't want to know anything. Uh, but I do God. have a, I do have a friend who went and saw it opening night, and I saw him the next day before I went and saw it. He just walks up to me with a smile on his face, and I'm like, <laughs> and I just had to look at him and be like, "Are they in it?" And he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Good." That's all I want to know. That's yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's all anyone wanted to know going in because they were like, "I'm going to be severely disappointed if they are not in it because it's such a big rumor." Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. You could not keep it a secret after the premiere. It, honestly, it was just, yeah, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Um, that was one of the most anticipated movies since Endgame, I reckon. But um, yeah, it was it was lots of fun. Lots of fun, that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think after that, I for Multiverse of Madness, I made sure that I didn't spoil anything for myself because I was like, look, if I hadn't have known when Toby... Andy were going to be in it maybe I would have enjoyed Spider-Man more more than I already did I was like crying I was like oh my god um but uh yeah for, for Multiverse of Madness I went in completely blind um which was a really good experience mm-hmm. 
The um, you know, the funny thing about Multiverse of Madness, which I I did enjoy, I I I did enjoy it. Um, there were people on the internet and other places who were upset after the movie came out because of they felt like uh, one complaint I saw was that they thought that there would be more cameos. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of like, is that Marvel's fault or is that the internet's fault? Is that your fault for expecting too much? You know, Reddit and these places go wild with rumors, mm-hmm. you know, really insane stuff like, oh, wow, did you hear that Tom Cruise is playing Namor? You know, and then yeah. you have these crazy things. And then people yeah. get their heads, especially after No Way Home, right? They yeah. get in their head that they're going to go in and like so many crazy things are going to blow their brains out. And then, yeah. you know, this is like a side note. But I think this is really important for people to know. There is like, I was reading this psychological paper by a psychologist who was talking about expectation. And basically what he's saying is if you see a movie and you think it is the greatest movie you've ever seen and you walk up to a friend of yours and you say, go see this movie, it will be the greatest movie you ever saw. At that point, it is guaranteed it will not be the greatest movie that person ever saw because you built their expectations so high beyond what can possibly be achieved. So I always try to like temper my enthusiasm for anything because I'm like, if you walk in there and I think that's a problem that the internet has, I think that's the problem that the world has now is that uh, we're in this age where everything is either the greatest thing ever or it sucks. No in between. It's like a movie can be a B minus that, you know, that's okay. It can be good, but not great. Um, Yeah, no, for sure. What was your thought on Multiverse of Madness? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was lots of fun. However, I do think that both Marvel and the internet really um, overhyped it, um, especially in the advertising for it. I think I remember some point there was a post by like an official page um, that was like, oh, this has got the most cameos out of any movie uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Unit. And, and people were going, okay, well, what about Endgame? What's going on then? You know what I mean? It's like, Really? Um, and I think that's what really hyped everyone up. Mm. And I think, um, there was just so much hype and so much speculation as to what they could fit in and then what they could really do with this movie now that the multiverse was a thing and, and, and spider, like the spider-verse was a thing and you know what I mean? It's just, uh, yeah, I think people were picking apart the trailers as well, going like, oh, there's like a cartoon part when they go through that weird warpy thing. Does that mean we're going to see like the the spider you know like into the spider verse you know what i mean you know like are we gonna see miles are we gonna see spider gwen you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it was just like i think people pick apart the trailers and decide what they want to decide obviously people were saying uh, Deadpool was going to be in it from that one little crystal up in the up in the the poster. It was like, come on, yeah. guys. Um, personally, I have to say I did fall for that one. I did think Deadpool was going to be in it. Mm. However, I was like, well, how how is it going to be an M-rated movie <laughs> if he's in it? Um, but yeah, no. So uh, I, I do I do agree with that. I think it was very much overhyped, um, but still lots of fun, like mm-hmm. all other Marvel movies except a few. Yes. Yeah, that, that's fair. The um, so you said um earlier that uh you're a film student. Um, I am. What uh, what kind of inspired you to go that route? Yeah, so uh, well, I'm no longer a film student. I was a film student. Oh, okay. <laughs> I um, I I studied um, uh, I studied. What did I do? I can't even remember. I think I have a, di- a diploma in in something, <laughs> something film related. <laughs> I honestly I don't use it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I studied for a year. It was like college. I was in um school like Monday to Friday, nine to five. It was basically like going back to school. Um, and I was just studying all all different parts of film, and it was just fantastic. I like we learned casting, we learned editing, we learned um, lighting, sound. Every day there was a new thing that we'd learn. And it was such a revolutionary thing to me because I'd been to universities and universities in Sydney, especially for the arts, um, don't do it necessarily correctly because there's a lot of, you know, essays and a lot of theory work. You don't actually do any hands-on work. Um, so I feel like this film school was really catered towards me and, it gave me a fresh perspective on things that I could do within the film industry, not just like, you know, oh, I'm going to be the next director. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that would happen as much as I love that. Um, very unlikely. Um, so I got a, I got to look at all different other departments of film. Um, 
and uh, now I'm not doing any, <laughs> but um, I'm not, I'm not doing anything to do with film um, other than I'm, I am, uh, I'm a video editor uh, for my job. I'm a nine to five worker um, on Monday to Friday. So weekends are my content creator times um, and every part in between is uh, normal life. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's um, yeah. the interesting thing about that is that having gone through that and having gone through that training, um, does that give you a appreciation perspective and even a level of criticism when you're watching a lot of these things? Oh, 100%. I think it gives you such a fresh, fresh perspective on how hard people work on movies because, you know, you create a short film, it takes you weeks as a film student. And then you see something like, uh, like a Marvel movie come out and you're like, I understand why it takes so long. I understand why you're telling me that it's going to be released the summer of 2023. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, I think it does give you such an insight into how things are made. Um, but it also, it, it is a detriment because when you're in the movies, you're like, if something is off or if you see something and you go, oh, that's where they switch there. Oh, that's where they switch the stunt double to the actual actor. You don't actually enjoy the movie much anymore. You're just criticizing it. Um, but luckily enough, I've been away from film school enough to not focus on that too much anymore. Because <laughs> um, in film school, all we did was pick apart, you know, short films and pick apart movies. So um, I think, uh, I think it's just enjoyable having that knowledge. And if, it's super useful as well because I use it for my content creation. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. One of the, uh, and I know exactly what you mean. Like, not <laughs> not necessarily on the film thing, but it's like, okay. So <clears throat> one of my hobbies is that for mm -hmm. years, I, I have been an archer. Like, I shoot bow and arrow. Oh, wow. You know, I, I, <gasps> love, I love doing it. The I've probably shot, like, I don't know how many thousands of arrows throughout the course of my life. Let me tell yeah. you, Jeremy Renner, wouldn't know a bow <laughs> from a hole in the ground because he holds it oh wrong my God. every <gasps> single time. I mean, and it's to the point wow. where it's like, I try not to let it eat at me, but every single time he pops on screen holding that thing, you're just like, Oh, I can't imagine that must be so irritating. Oh, it is. It is. And there, there are scenes in some of those. And I recognize that what he's trying to do is just be an actor and do the scene and let them CGI everything else after but there are so many scenes in like the first Avengers movie in Age of Ultron where I'm watching it. And I don't know if you understand this feeling, but, you know, whenever you're watching anything, right, the, the whole point of the storytelling is to take you on a path of suspended belief. Like you go yes. along with this journey. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but like it frustrate me because then something like that would happen. It would yank me back to reality in the middle of the movie. Be like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Yes. That's, yes, that's bad. <laughs> and I 100%. thought I thought it was really upset, really upsetting because Haley Steinfeld, um, who played Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye show, um, when she first got signed to that role, she went and was doing a whole bunch of archery training because wow. she wanted to look good holding the bow on camera. We actually yeah. showed up to filming Jeremy Renner. Don't worry about that. Just hold the bow. CGI will do the rest in post. And it's like, and then in that show, she's holding the bow wrong too. Hers is slightly better. You like, you can tell she actually had some archery training background. Yeah. Jeremy Renner, I don't think he's ever shot a real bow in his life because it's just, it is so horrible. So when you say that, That's like, you so know, disappointing. You, you know, you get caught picking things apart. Um, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Oh God. I, I feel like that. Um, I get that experience whenever I see people in movies pretending to be social media stars or social media creators, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially in Miss um, Marvel. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. The, the, like the way it started out, it was great. She, she seemed like a, um, someone who didn't have any followers and she was just doing it for fun and she was creating a YouTube video. But then when it went to this other girl, Zoe had, sorry, did you watch Miss Marvel? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure before I was like, Zoe, and you're like, who? Um, but that, yeah, yeah, that, that mean girl, Zoe, she, uh, she um, just was everything that I feel like um, really irritates content creators when they see them portrayed in a movie. She's like, like, comment, subscribe. It's like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said those three things in conjunction <laughs> ever and it's like I'm sure people do I'm sure I'm sure there's content creators that do that think that is how they get you know people to follow them but it's just like you can tell when people who don't 
do social media. Don't try to get a following. Don't try to post on the daily and try to get followers. Try to create a character that is doing that. Mm -hmm. It's very funny because they come off as a very obnoxious, self-centered person. And um, like, I don't want to toot my own, own horn. I'm not an obnoxious, self-centered person, but it's hard to not portray myself as that when I'm creating content that is so like just entirely me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, yeah, it that is that's the same feeling as I get when um, you know when you see uh, the um, Hawkeye not doing the bow correctly. I feel that exact same feeling. Yeah, yeah, you understand it completely. The um, mm-hmm. what did you think of this Marvel? Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic show. Personally, I the way I explain it to people who haven't watched it yet, I say it's literally uh, the female version of Spider-Man and the same, I feel like it's this origin story where it's like this dorky kid who doesn't know where she fits in the world finally gets powers, something that she actually really wanted, but it's like now available to her because, you know, Peter Parker was the same. Peter Parker was seeing all these you know, cool people like the Avengers. Oh, sorry, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is who mm-hmm. I'm kind of referencing here. But, you know, he was seeing all the Avengers and like, oh, wow, you know, and obviously he had this little power that he was using, but all of a sudden now it's been, you know, he's an Avenger. So it's like, I feel like it's the same path for her. And I feel like it's, she's such an incredible role model for young girls. I have a young sister who's 11 um and she adores her and I'm so glad she adores her and she's not like oh she's you know cringe or she's you know dorky I don't like her I think the fact that she likes her just shows me that she is a good role model um and I I adore her and I adore her character and I adore um the show so I hope we see more of her Mm -hmm. I I I agree I enjoyed it I I very much did um that's a, that has been one of those shows that has sort of like, you know, the consensus is kind of split on it. There's some people who really loved it. And then, you know, there are people who just were like, yeah, I quit after the second episode. I'm not watching that. I mean, when it's going up against Obi-Wan on Disney+, yeah. Plus, I mean, <laughs> it's difficult. But apparently it's one of the, uh, it's the most watched Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. I think really? that's correct. Whoa. I think that's correct. I heard that the other day. But um, I could be wrong, so don't yeah, <laughs> don't quote me on that. You're gonna but, get canceled. Um, I did hear that someone uh, someone said that to me at work the other day, um, and I was like, "What?" And they go, "Yeah." So um, you know, they could have been talking down their ass, but we'll see. <laughs> it, it does seem to be a theme for sure. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it, and I I I remember reading the comic um, when that one first premiered. They did like a big switcheroo. You know, I think mm. it was like in the mid 2000s because for a long time in the comics, Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel. And, yeah. you know, the way she was portrayed in the comics, like she wore a leotard and had the big curly blonde hair and the other mm. big stuff. Um, you know, and then Marvel felt the need in the comics to get with the times and they rebranded mm. her as Captain Marvel and focused more on her power than her looks. And then at the same time, they introduced yes. Miss Marvel which was the yeah. the Kamala character. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it did directing wise and storytelling wise. I think they did some quirky fun things where like, oh, you know, the text conversations incredible. on the window, oh, those kind of things. So I thought, cool. thought that was a lot of fun. Um, yep. One of the things that interested me is when it did the flashback um, early on, I want to mm. say it was like either the first or second episode to when they first find that bangle on the ruins. I don't, I don't know if you caught this, but the seal that was on the floor that they were standing, they only showed it for like a second was the seal of the 10 rings yes so i would i feel like there has to be a connection between the bangle and the 10 rings that shang chi has that's what i want to know like where we this is this is i i feel like not enough is being talked about because i want to know right yes so i didn't catch that but um i was watching with my boyfriend tom and he he did catch it and he's like oh did you see that i'm like see what, see what? And we rewinded it. And I was like, oh yeah, of course, of course, of course that's happened because, you know, why, when can Marvel just do something without referencing something else? (laughs) No, but I love Shang-Chi. And if that means that we're going to see a crossover, that would be great. Mm -hmm. I love that. That must be some kind of like weird guy thing. 
because the exact exact <laughs> same thing happened when me and my wife were watching it. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, did you see it? And she's just like, how do you see this shit? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. He saw the QR code on the wall as well, and was like, oh wait, we got to pause. And he put his phone up to it, scanned it, and of course he gets like a free comic or something from yes. Miss Marvel. And <laughs> I was like, can we just watch? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> definitely, oh, definitely. So um, so as we talk about all that, and we switch over to the cosplay side of things, um, yeah. for you being a cosplayer, what made you want to get into that? Um, it was really just boredom. <laughs> um, so I, I, I used to do a lot of art. Um, I'm a big fan of just kind of sitting down for hours and, and doing a weird artwork that has absolutely nothing to do with the artwork that I do the previous week. It might be watercolor or sculpture or something. Um, and I used to just create content, um, on those and put them up on TikTok and, um, never really got any success with it. Not that I wanted to, it's more that, for years, I was creating YouTube videos when I was about, I want to say 15, to about uh, 18. And then I stopped because um, I was kind of trying to do all these comedy bits uh, that fell through and I didn't really enjoy doing comedy. Um, I was like, I'm not that much of a funny person, so I'm just going to end it here. Um, but I, I uh, decided that I kind of wanted to keep doing content um, in some other capacity and last no no not no, November uh October last October um we had a Halloween party to go to and I decided that I was like okay I'm gonna get a really cool suit I want to go as Spider-Gwen because I was just I I loved her character and I we'd just seen Spider-Verse again um into the Spider-Verse sorry again um, we'd just bought a 4k TV and it was the first movie we watched. Cause it's just, obviously it's a mint movie to watch yes. as the first one. Yeah. So, um, and I was like, that's the costume. I'm going to get that. And I'm going to, I'm going to wear it to this Halloween party. And as soon as I put it on, I went, I needed, I want to feel like this all the time. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like a superhero all the time. And I'm like, if I could wear this all day, every day, I would. I mean, it gets very hot in the costume, in the costume <laughs> but um, I was like, this just, I feel so powerful and I, and I want to, I want to conquer the world. And I just can, uh, that's kind of what also catapulted my love for um, everything superhero and everything supervillain and everything, you know, in the dorky, geeky world that I was already consumed with but it just elevated it. And I was going, every time I was watching a show, I was going, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that. I want to portray that character. That's what I want to do. And it just kept leading to more and more costumes. And uh, I started off buying stuff from like eBay and and then I kind of started going, okay, well, I'm going to create something. I'm going to create a variant of this character and a variant of this character. And um, I think it just got to a certain point where I was like, I want to start doing this seriously. I want to seriously create content every single day and build up a following so that I can, you know, uh, be in a community of people who really love and admire the things that I'm creating. And, and that's, that's what I set out to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks Sorry, phenomenal. long, long, long winded uh, <laughs> response to that question. Hey, that's but, what um, podcasts are for. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, Cool. I love it. Um, well, you're, I mean, your cosplay looks great for sure. Thank you. Um, Thank do you, so you have much. Um, ideas in your head of future stuff that you'd love to do or? Yeah. Arguing? Yeah. So um, I, yeah, on the way, I've got two on the way. I've got um, Black Cat on the way, Felicia. She's uh, in the mail. Um, and I've also got um, Homelander on the way as oh. well. Yes. Are you a The Boys fan? Yes. <laughs> thank <Yes>. goodness <laughs> yeah so I had a lot of people cheering me on to do Starlight a lot of people cheering me on to do Queen Maeve and I was just like I'm sorry but my big takeaway from the boys was Homelander you can't beat that character you just can't mm-hmm. his character is so iconic to the show and I just wanted to I've never portrayed a villain before. I think the closest I've coming to I've come to por- portray a villain would be Electra 
I've done a few Electra stuff, but she's kind of on the edge mm-hmm. where she's not necessarily good, not necessarily yeah, bad. Anti-hero, um, yeah. But I just really, really was so, um, I don't want to say inspired because he's a totally terrible person. He's horrid, <laughs> horrid. Yes. But he's the best villain I've ever known in a universe other than um, Darth Vader, obviously, from Star mm-hmm. Wars. Like that's, he's OG. He's the scariest. He's just, that's just, can't beat that you know because you ever get that thing where like there's a really good show or really good movie and you're trying to like talk somebody into it i just tell people like listen go put the first episode of the boys on if you're not hooked in the first 15 minutes then the show's not for you because that was one of the shows where it's like you know spoilers for those who haven't seen season one of the boys like right off the bat when like a train runs through huey's girlfriend and for those of you who haven't seen the show he runs through her girlfriend runs through like like, like that's not a euphemism like he literally obliterates yeah <laughs> and like i remember like watching the show like okay it's well, you know because i saw it when it first came out i'm like okay you know and one of these superhero shows and grab the puss sit back and watch it and all of a sudden you're like oh my god and then after yeah. that it's just off to the races for three seasons oh it's just crazy i think if I was go- if I was to go back and watch the first episode again, I would just find it so interesting though, mm-hmm. because everyone would be so different, um, and it's the character development as well. It's like there's it's like there's no character development, but there is character development. I don't know how to explain it, <laughs> but it's like no one's changed from season one, yet everything seems different. Mm-hmm. It's yeah it's 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 crazy it's, it, it blew my mind honestly just watching the first episode of of this season because mm-hmm. i was like okay we're back into the absolute absurdity that is this show already right. um i thought we were gonna start a bit calm and then work our way up to hero gasm but obviously not <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first episode was way worse than any any other part of the show like oh my god and the yeah. thing is, I did talk my dad into watching it. I talked my dad into watching The Boys. And obviously, my little sister lives with my dad and my mom. Um, and she's 11. So dad only gets to watch it um, when uh, my little sister goes to bed. Um, but my sister was part of the conversation the other day I was over. Um, and she goes, oh, yeah, I hear like terrible things i hear the worst noises what's going on in that show and i'm like never go out while dad is watching it please never go into the lounge room you will be scarred so yeah it's it's one of those shows that i think is just if you watch it at the wrong age it is terrible yes it's like you know and I used to watch things like American Horror Story and things like that when I was quite young and I really do think that that was a detriment to um you know how I how I grew up because you know I I watched a lot of things that I wasn't old enough to watch yet Mm -hmm. um but The Boys is just a step up from that and it's one of those shows that's so outrageous it needs to just be R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it even said it, it even said that uh, the disclaimer at the beginning of one of the episodes, like this, like nobody should actually really watch this, like ever. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, this yeah. show's horrible. Like it admits it, Ugh. and we're the we're in the same position. Me and my wife, like we have kids, and it's like a new episode of the yeah. boys, and we're like kids, early bedtime. You know. Yeah. There's yeah. No Off way to grandma's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even be in the house. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Fire out. Yeah. God, I'm. I'm like the only the only thing that i wasn't thrilled about was at the end of it when they like icebox soldier boy i'm like no yeah. like i want this character like because he's such a great character and he's played so well on the show that i like look forward to him being like a series regular like for seasons to come um yeah yeah but i guess when you got somebody like that who's so op'd and then of course so is you know homelander you know, if they're yeah. going to be, if they became buddies and, you know, they could just rule the world and nobody could stop them on the flip side, is the show just going to be those two fighting constantly? But on the yeah. other hand, they did just put him in cryo. So there's definitely room for him to still mm-hmm. come back. I think the, I think the thing that the only thing that I would say is a little off about the show is that every single season seems to be about taking down Homelander. And I think people have come to the, to the realization that he's not going anywhere mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. He is the show. <laughs> so it, I think the show needs to find a new plot. 
Um, and at one point stick to that. I don't know. I think just because people know it's, it's too, um, it's too obvious. Nothing's going to happen to Homelander. It's too obvious. He's going to win every time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the only thing I would suggest maybe creating a different plot point, which we might see in season four. I'm not sure, but, um, I think at the end of C, oh wait, sorry. Yeah. At the end of season two, I really liked the ending of that because they got ahead of him mm-hmm. and they really got a hold of him and they were like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, they felt like they had control. So that really gave me hope for the next season where I was like, oh, cool. Maybe there's a different plot point other than Homelander, but then they made it all about Homelander again. <laughs> so I was like, well, I know he's not going anywhere. I know he's not going to lose his powers. Like it's just, it won't, wouldn't work. So right. yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, that's the only thing, but it's still so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I so much, so much to the point where it's like, like you were saying earlier, like you understand why it takes them so long um, to mm-hmm. make new movies or new seasons, but I really wish it didn't. Like, I just yeah. want to snap my fingers. I'm like, if I had the Infinity Stones, that's the first thing I do. Like, season four of yeah. the boys, bam, yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do season two of Invincible because we've been waiting for that for so long now. Oh my yeah, god, that when did season yeah. one of that come out? It's been I, a while. Yeah, I can't even remember. I think we were watching it early 2021. I think that's when we started. I think that's when we finished it early 2021. Wow. Um, yeah. but far out it's been a while yeah usually those animated shows they can turn around quicker than you know um yeah that's why of course i i sort of feel that way like it's been how many years now since um into the spider verse has come out and i'm like why is it oh god yeah one please come on but that movie took so long to make Mm -hmm. and i can see why it was so so good it's just (laughs) so good I mean, I could rave Fantastic. about that one. We could do a whole episode just talking about it. <laughs> oh, the God, yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah, God, the yeah. Um, for sure. Well, hey, uh, we're um, we're getting uh, up against the clock here. Um, yes. I, I, I want to say that, uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your Australian day to come on the podcast. And uh, um, anything you want to say on the way out? Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I always love talking about this stuff. It's stuff that I'm super passionate about. So thanks for giving me a platform to um, mm-hmm. come and have a chat about it. Um, but yeah, um, you guys can find me on TikTok um, at Gems Mems um, and on Instagram at Real Gems Mems. It's just real in front of it. Um, and yeah, that's, that is me. All right. I love it. I love it. And uh <laughs> Yeah, once again, thank you. And uh, yeah, I hope we get to talk to you again in the future. Yes, definitely. I'd love to come back. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cool. You too. All right. So that was the episode with Gems. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun talking to her. I'm going to get out of here. But before I do, I just want to say that I love all you. Hope to take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time.